This is not a dream job, this is reality. I am an actor. The best word I can say but uh, will describe this was boom. And I think that you are an ostrich. Well, your head must be in the sand. But Premier League is a fraud. Ferret head. Very much looks like a ferret, doesn't it? Which phone is that? That's the second time it's gone off. Hello and welcome to the Balls.ie football show, which is our football show here on Balls.ie, brought to you in association with Labrooks. My name is Mikey Trainer, and I have been scheduled to work on a midweek day, so I'm on the podcast this week. <laughs> and joining me as the usual spot on the podcast is Gavin Coon. Yeah, Gavin, you can't, you they can't quite shift me off Wednesdays, I'm afraid. Sorry, listeners. We've got, they want me to be we've got an um, action-packed show for you coming up. Ireland have been doing battle on the continent in the under-17s. UEFA European Championship that's been taking place. It's a big, big match with Germany today. We'll be talking about that. We're also going to be reintroducing our game, Six Degrees of Ian Hart, because we remembered it, and it's really fun. <laughs> so uh, we thought, why not throw that in there as well? Um, we've got our usual Labrooks Bet of the Week and a very, very interesting pundit watch coming this up is this pundit week watch curated well. entirely by you so i am looking yes. forward to well i've spent a lot of time i spent a lot of time watching pundits <laughs> in the past couple of days so uh so that is going to be that and then that's uh, that's a lot for you so we're going to crack in basically gavin how much of the under 17s have you been taking in over uh, the past, i watched uh, a bit of the first the game week. against serbia mm-hmm. the one that we got beat was at one nil yeah. i think um, because I, I did a I did a three players to watch from the tournament, uh, and only one of them started the first game. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was told that was because of injuries. Aaron Connolly, the Brighton lad, uh, came on. He's from Galway. I think he looked really good in the first game. Missed the second game, which was a win against Bosnia and Herzegovina. And then I uh, I didn't actually watch. It was on a bit early for me this morning, but mm-hmm. I did follow it. Af- follow. Yeah. Well, I say follow it. I mean I read the results after I got up at about two o'clock this <laughs> afternoon. Um, and I know we're not usually in the. Uh, in the game of celebrating seven nil defeats, yes. uh, but as seven nil defeats could go, it's the best we. This was ever pretty had. damn successful. We've qualified. Yeah, so um, we took an absolute battering from uh, from a from the Germans. a frustratingly well oiled German <laughs> under seventeen unit. It's like this is the thing as well, and I'm going to talk about that in a minute because. Ironically, the one game that I have taken in the most of was, was France versus Scotland yesterday, which was okay. actually a cracking game. But like. Jesus Christ, some of these teams are so good already. And Germany would fall into that category. They beat us 7-0. And remarkably, we've still gone through, despite despite having the same amount of points as Serbia and Bosnia-Herzegovina. And way worse goal difference than them, because neither of them lost 7-0 to Germany. So we've gone through, <laughs> because we it goes... Points, goals scored, head-to-head. And I don't know if goal difference even comes into it. So you can literally no, just start scoring it's, own goals. It's head-to-head. So I'm looking at the, the triumphant group table. Germany, a nine points out of nine with a plus 14 goal difference. Um, yeah. And then we've qualified in a three-team mini-league with three points, having lost to the team that finished bottom and with the worst goal difference by a distance. We're on minus seven. But we're through. We got through. But we're through. By we are virtue. through. And we've set up a quarterfinal with England. Yeah. Now, this, this England team, they have some very good players. Some of them you saw in the first game there as well. Uh, Rian Brewster, who plays yeah. at Liverpool. There's a Man City guy who's, uh, who has escaped my attention. Just before we get on to, um, just before we get on to yeah. the England side of things, uh, we do have to give a shout-out to Armin Imamovic. 
Yes. Uh, the under-17 Bosnian player. Always random. Who scored with about three minutes left in their game against Serbia. And that was the goal that put us through. I was actually upset that you uh, excluded him from your list of players to watch uh, in the tournament. Because <laughs> he's, he's been doing some fantastic things. Uh, um, but we do year. have the Gary Mackay Hall of Fame on site, uh, curated by Conor Neville. Um, of, and these are all players who have performed great sporting feats for rival nations who have then helped out Ireland. So obviously Gary Mackay is in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, just running through uh, Santiago Canizares uh, yeah. for uh, getting us to USA 94. Uh, Monique, uh, <laughs> who did the draw back in Italian 90. Yeah. Uh, who else? David Duckham. Uh, I, can't, I don't know why he's in there. That's some really obscure historical, historical thing. Uh, and then Zygmunt Boniek. Uh, for another drawback in your 2012, Leandro Sartre for the Italian rugby winner yeah. in 2014 and 15, uh, who helped us win a couple of Six Nations championships. And of course, there's uh, Valeri Kiziashvili, mm-hmm. uh, who scored for Georgia against Scotland to that was basically the, that secure... Was, that was the latest permanent addition. You know, yeah. The jury is still out on this uh, young Bosnian. Um, and, and whether, you know, it remains to be seen. If we go on to beat England uh, in the quarterfinals, I think we can throw him in because that is a major victory for Irish football. But as things stand, um, yeah, you, you mentioned Aaron Connolly. He's won. I've kind of, I've, I've watched a few games and there's a few players that just... Sorry, I've just discovered really Aaron in, in Mamovic's Twitter account. <laughs> he joined in May 2012. He's got three followers and two tweets. Well, let's change that. Let's, yeah. what's his, what, let's all pile on. Uh, they're in another language. I, I, I have no idea. Sorry, I'll turn the screen around. At Amir Ivanovic94. Yeah. Give him a follow. Give him yeah. a thanks. Um, because we, we're now one of his... We're 33% of his followers. There you go. Um, another guy who's actually followed us since you uh, named in, in, in that article is Aaron Connolly. And he, yeah, they love it. He's someone who stood out to me uh, from the games that I've seen of Ireland so far. He looks a very, very promising young player. He's at Brighton and Hove Albion, mm-hmm. which is a good thing. And they're going up to the Premier League, although maybe that means they're going to be signing players that will directly obstruct his route to the first team. But he definitely looks like a player that can handle it. The other guy that's impressed me from Ireland is uh, is Rowan Roach. He's, Rowan Roach, he okay. Yeah, he would have scored. Our, he scored against Bosnia. Okay. And uh, he's he, interestingly he plays for Blackpool at the minute. So club future main. Well, although he might get chances. You know, yeah, that's, maybe that's he might good be in that off. in that regard. Um, but he definitely looks like a good talent. Obviously, there's there's players from Man United in that team. There's players from Liverpool in that team. But uh, we'll get a good view as to how they measure up when they go up against England. England. I mean, that's it's Saturday a really four good, o'clock in your It's a really good two. test for them. I think, and they're going to go into that with, with very little expectation, especially after taking. A, and a, also, by the way, very little confidence y- well, having lived through after a seven. But uh, you see, if I was the manager of the under 17s I'd be spinning it as these lads play for Liverpool, Man City, and Arsenal. You go out there and play well against them, then those clubs are going to be trying to sign you. So that's, you know, that's 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 one motivational tactic. And then there's the fact that they're they're England and they're cocky and they think they're going to win. And you can't <laughs> let that happen. And that's uh, that's that's mainly it. But the other players, I want to talk about Scotland versus France because this was a, a brilliant game uh, to watch because it was exactly how you'd expect Scotland versus France at that level to be. Is France trying these beautiful flicks and combination okay. play and trying to break them down what and Scotland, Scotland trying to you know get stuck in <laughs> and, and hit them on the break and and Scotland were actually really really good they're playing without Robbie Diaz who's a guy at Celtic that I'd heard of so if there's a player in this tournament that I've heard of How's and they're good? not playing yeah. I'm, it's, it's a bit of a surprise but the, how close the games are together you've got to rotate your squad heavily but there was a guy uh, Glenn Middleton who's a winger at Norwich who just really played really good football okay. there wasn't a lot of the Scottish lads that were out there playing football there was a lot of clearances and you know one absolutely just ridiculous elbow directly to a French player's face that I saw in uh, in stoppage time but um, 
there was two French players that really looked like this they, is good because the French are stuck for incredibly exciting young yeah, talent. I are mean, they attackers Jesus, as well? Jesus, they're attacking players. I mean, Mbappe's only 18. Like He would have presumably played in this tournament two years ago. <laughs> no, it's incredible to actually think that. And then you're watching him score past Gianluigi Buffon and talking about him moving to Real Madrid and Man United. But the guy who stood out to me was Yassine Adli, who looks... Adley, okay. He plays for PSG. He's 17. He looks strikingly like uh, Adrian Rabio except with Marwan Fellaini's eyebrows. And uh, he is just a really, really classy footballer. He's this guy, Scotland equalised. If anyone is wondering who Adrian Rabio, he's the guy who looks most like a barista in the yeah, PSG that's team. that's the accurate way to describe, to describe him. But he's just a, an unbelievable player. His assist for the winning goal, and, and Scotland, Scottish Hearts, I should say, the result was 2-1 to France. Scotland scored a, a last-minute winner and just absolutely broke Scotland oh, Hearts. Or, oh, no, France scored a last-minute okay, winner sorry, yeah. and broke Scottish Hearts. Apologise for that. And... Um, yeah, so Scotland were good. I think that knocked Scotland out and they would have gone through. <laughs> it was another one of these just crazy <laughs> groups yeah. where literally one goal is the entire difference. So Scotland are out, but um, the other guy was Amin Guiri, who okay. is a young striker at Lyon. And if you see the, the winning goal he scored, this cross from Adley, who'd beaten two players and then whipped in the ball of dreams, it was absolutely fired at him. He saw it late. He t- took the most exquisite touch you could possibly take in that situation. Berbatov couldn't have done it better. And then he found the top corner with his finish. Laid on, pressure on. Just the, the French team, like, it, it, you've, you've touched on it already. The depth and youth that they have is absolutely terrifying. It's absurd. We're looking at a situation where in the next Euros, France could send three or four teams and be competitive yeah. <laughs> with all of them. Like, it's absolutely frightening. But the under-17, it's been, I've been, I, I love it when these kind of weird tournaments are on, and if you've got a day off or you're home from work, you can flick on Eurosport and just catch. Eurosport, and it's, and like the under-21s is this a the great thing. tournament. I, and, and, the, and the reason summer. why I wanted to I get these wait. names, Adley and Guiri and Rowan Roach and Glenn Middleton from Scotland out there, is because if you hear of them in, in, in a couple of years, you can go, oh, look, the balls on any football show. Yeah. I was told to look out for that um, Rabiot-looking kid from France. <laughs> the reason that I get this is because I, when I was, I was in Portugal in the summer that Man United signed, signed Cristiano Ronaldo, so 2003, okay. and I was watching, I was bored with my family on a family holiday, and I was watching a lot of Eurosport, and they had the European under-21s, and Cristiano Ronaldo was playing for Portugal in that tournament, and I tuned in, and they're like, oh, obviously all eyes will be on Ronaldo, and I'm like, oh, there's a guy called Ronaldo. And, every, and, and he had, had and he look, signed look for at his hair and look at his boots. No, not yet. Yeah. So he hadn't signed for United yet. He was playing with. Uh, he was still still at Sporting, and he was unbelievable. So a couple of months later, he signs for Man United, and I say to people, "I'm like, oh, I saw him. I scared him playing a couple of months back." And mm. they're like, "No, you didn't. Shut up." So now, you know, Yasin Adley. Remember uh, the name. There will be many Liverpool fans now who wish that you were in some weird, twisted universe. You were a scout for Liverpool because mm-hmm. uh, you, Liverpool had a look at Ronaldo. Yeah. And I think it might have been Phil Thompson went back to Jared Hilly and said they want like £4.5 million pounds for him. And he goes, ah, he's not worth it. Yeah. And then a couple of months later, United spent, uh, was it £12, 12 million? 12 um, and like Thompson and Hilly was like, are they mad? Have they lost their mind? Uh, no. <laughs> like 10 minutes <laughs> no, no, no. into the debut, he was like, oh, no, he's yeah. world but class. I, like, the theory is that he ripped John O'Shea to shreds. Yeah, <laughs> and that's been confirmed. This was always, it was always a theory and people were like, no, nah, it didn't quite play out like that. I think John O'Shea himself came out and was like, it wasn't, it was on off the ball. He was talking, he was like, it wasn't quite like that, but yeah, I think it was quite like that because the <laughs> latest one I've heard was Rio Ferdinand yeah. who said... Uh, we were looking around the, the locker room and everybody looked at John O'Shea who had his had, head in his hands and was breathing heavier than we'd ever seen him before. Shazy. So Shazy got a roast <laughs> from Ronaldo and the rest is history. We'll move on to six degrees of Ian Hart. 
Those, some of you out there may be familiar with the game Six Degrees of Ian Hart, the game we invented and published on site. So if you're not uh, familiar with yeah. it, Google it. But uh, Gavin, what's the basic concept of Six Degrees of Ian Hart? It all comes from Six Degrees, six degrees of Separation. Uh, it's been more closely associated with Kevin Bacon. So there is a theory that you can link yourself to any other person in the world via six acquaintances. So I know this guy who knows that person who knows that person all the way up to whoever you have at the other end of the chain. Uh, so... Traditionally, it's done with Kevin Bacon, but we're going to do it with Ian Hart because our theory is everyone is connected by like, at most six degrees. Yeah, and if you can go back like 50 years to Ian Hart. and you're still getting people that have a connection to someone who has a connection to someone that played with Ian Hart. Mm-hmm. Now, usually if you want to play the game, all you need is someone to throw random footballer names at you and you work it out. But myself and Gavin are going to go kind of head to head here. We've got a random football generator. We're using dancing com and they generate a random annoyed footballer which is an unbelievable <laughs> thing that you should definitely check out by the way I don't know if you can see what we're seeing but it's absolutely fantastic so at the moment we've got uh, it, it's it's basically going to be all players that played at the 2014 World Cup because what that do, does is gives us a nice range of age mm. and location some players might have only ever played in Costa Rica and we've got to find a way to link them to Ian Hart so we're going to start um, with the first one at the moment you, we, we have a Japanese goalkeeper looking at us so in that case I would say something like this guy, I think, has been around long enough to have played with Shinsuke Nakamura, yeah. who played with Roy Keane at Celtic, who played with Ian Hart at Ireland. Yeah. So that's how it Respect, works. because we had that one up before and I actually couldn't link it back. Yeah. So well, uh, Mikey deserves the props <laughs> on that one. <laughs> well, I'm not going to take a score just yet. We're going we're gonna, to <laughs> we're gonna lash in in a second and, uh, and we're going to get on with it. Are we ready to go? Yeah, let's go. All right, let's have the first player. It is Noel... Velardes. Oh my Honduras. God, from Honduras. Well, Honduras um, I've is got it. Wilson, Palacios, Wilson Palacios, who played with Robbie Keane, played with Ian Hart. Next one. Wow. Antonio Valencia played with Roy Keane, played with Ian Hart. Okay, I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting <laughs> blitzed here. <laughs> Matthew Debushi played with Damien Duff. No, 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 not uh, Damien Duff. Matthew Debushi played with Cesc Fabregas, who played with. Fernando Torres, who played with Robbie Keane, who played with Dean Hart. Oh, God. You could probably get that one short. Uh, Xabi Alonso is on screen. Xabi Alonso played with Robbie Keane, who played with Ian Hart. Yep. Robbie Keane's a big link man here. Oh, here we go. Matthew. Oh, no, this one's easy. Matthew yeah. Spiranovic. Played with Mile. Because he had spinach on his teeth and you didn't tell him. He, um, he played with Tim Cahill for Australia. And yeah. Tim Cahill played with. Was Coleman? You could go yeah. Seamus Coleman, Shea Given, Ian Hart. Did Coleman and Ian Hart interlap. I don't think they did. No, I don't think so. So, so you have to go via Shea, Shea Given. Um, we should say that there's an excellent caption beneath all these generator yeah. random annoyed footballers that we should read. We will read for the next one. So that's Matthew. Stefan de Vrij of Lazio. He's annoyed because you use his toothbrush. Yeah, but he Stephane played de with Arian Robin, who played with Damien Duff, who played with Ian Hart. Oh, it's outstanding. So easy as hell. Sofian Feguli. Played with Darren Randolph, who played with Seamus Coleman, who played with Shea Given, who played with Ian Hart. There are probably, there are much faster ways <laughs> the point to, is to Sofiane Fagouli. There's really nobody that could be thrown at us in this 2014 World Cup that hasn't played with Ian Hart. But let's go. Let's see if we can get stumped. Kyle, Kyle Beckerman. Beckerman of Team USA Man's National Team Soccer. A bit upset because he spilled red wine in his carpet. So Kyle Beckerman, he played with Clint Dempsey, who played with Damien Duff, who played with Ian Hart. Yeah. Andrea Pirlo. Pirlo played with Ooh, Yap Stam, who played with Roy Keane, who played with Ian Hart. Very easy, well done. Here we go. Who Steve that? Steve ba- von Bergen is a Swiss international. <laughs> so he has no played Swiss with ever. Uh, Jordan Shackery, who's played with uh, Glenn Whelan, who's played with Robbie Keane, who's played with Ian Hart. Yeah. Marcelo Diaz of Chile. This he's annoyed be because one. you did his Guardian crossword and got it all wrong. <laughs> and he's very annoyed as well. Marcelo there. Diaz played with... He played for Chile. Arturo Vidal, who played with 
Xavi Alonso played with Robbie Keane who played with Dean Hart. And there it is. Kaisuke Honda played with Shinsuke Nakamura who played with Roy Keane played with Dean Hart in Japan at this World Cup. Uh, Sonny Montari oh. played Did with... Sonny Montari? No. Uh, he's annoyed because he dropped his phone in the toilet. I Sonny Montari played at Portsmouth with Andy O'Brien. So I think okay. Sonny Montari might be the, sh- the the shortest degree of separation. To oh wow! Okay, here. I'm trusting your Andy O'Brien knowledge. I wasn't sure on that. I'm just trying to think of the jerseys that they played together at Portsmouth in, and I want to say Sonny Montari played with Andy O'Brien. Was Steve Finn in at Portsmouth at that stage? I don't know. No. Okay. Uh, ooh, I don't know actually. Maybe. But there's definitely a very, very quick link between Steph and DeVries. Dmitry Kambarov is a bit upset because he didn't flush the toilet. Dmitry okay. Kambarov. Dmitry Kambarov of Russia played with uh, Yuri Zhirkov. Who Yuri played Zhirkov, with good shade. I was saying Alexei Schmerton, but I'm probably you know, that out could of date be, that there. Would be qui- that would be quicker. Yeah. But um, yeah, Yuri, Yuri Zhirkov played with, you could go Fabregas, Alonso, Robbie Keane. Yeah. Ian Hart there. Um, I think we just got Dmitry Kambarov again. So it, 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 there we go. Oh, okay. Here's a decent one. Who is that guy? Andranik Timoshan. I outstanding pronunciation. I can't rack it. Is that um, Algeria? Yeah, Iraq. Iraq. Iran. 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 That's Iran. Oh my god. Uh, is that Iran? That is Iran. Uh, Timoshan. I think that's the. Uh, I think I remember from. He's okay. One of the, like, I mean, I'm throwing this. Heard to, I'm lost here. Have we found okay. the guy? No, because he will have played. Oh, maybe we have. Timoshan for Iran. Iranian internationals. I don't know any. No, there's definitely. Oh, what's the. Abu Trika? No, he's Egyptian. Um, if you can name an Iranian footballer right now, I'll, <laughs> I have so much respect for you. Who was the guy back in the day at Iran? You know, they had that guy, and when we played them in the playoff, he was like their only player. I don't uh, know. Ali. No, I think that's it. I think maybe he can be linked because we don't have the knowledge. But I Google. Yeah, Google. Okay, we're we're admitting that we don't have the knowledge. So let's take out my incredibly unwieldy laptop. Yeah, we can't. Off the top of our head, we cannot link Adranik Timoshan of Iran to Ian Hart. However, that's definitely Iran. It's not Algeria. Give it up. I think that's Iran. Okay, my laptop. Definitely not Algeria. I remember the Algerian kid is much nicer. Safian Feguli was from the Algerian. Delegation in this six degrees of Ian Hart game. Play along expert, at home. By the if way, you're watching this video on Facebook, all, uh, <laughs> if you're watching this video on Facebook, guys, stick some Andrea. names in the comments. Try and catch us out, and we might reply if we can find the answers, or we might not. Andre Tamosha, yeah, Iranian footballer, mm-hmm. thirty-four years of age. Okay, that's good. Uh, so, <laughs> looking through his Wikipedia now. Okay. Oh, lads, he like he's an enormous list of clubs. There's about 12 clubs listed here between Always 2002 and 2017. But game. we're most interested. In between 2006 and 2008, he played 20 times with Bolton Wanderers. No way. And <laughs> no way. By the way, 2008 to 2010, he played. He was at Fulham. He played a single game with Fulham and was loan, on loan at Barnsley. I did not know this guy. I've never, okay. I've never heard of him. So go. that's our gateway in. Well, like, that's a done deal then. Yeah, he so played for Fulham. Yeah. Uh, 08 to 2010 so who's in that team oh is that is that that's pre-Scott Parker is it yeah and pre-Duffer is it pre-Duffer it is pre-Duffer pre um, so he would have played with Fulham at that time I'm going to try and find a random one I want to say well, Clint Dempsey Clint Dempsey that yeah, works who played with who was our Clint Dempsey link earlier uh, Jeff Cameron who played with Glenn Whelan who played Jeff with Jeff Cameron 
<laughs> with Ian Hart. There you go. So let's get. Would you three more? Yeah, let's do three more. First one. Oh, <laughs> Young <laughs> Sung Young. This um, is far more difficult than I thought it was. That's a be. South Korean goalkeeper. So he has played with Park Ji Sung, who has played with Roy Keane, who has played with Ian Hart. Eugenio Menya. Menya is annoyed because he didn't like his new profile pick. Well, he played <laughs> at the 2014 World Cup with Alexis Sanchez, and Alexis played with. Javier Mascherano. Javier Mascherano. That's it. He played, played with Steve Finnan. Finnan. Steve Finnan. And it's another Chilean. Give us another non Chilean. Matthew Valbuena. Um, so he, because he yeah. flirted with his sister. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually hilariously. <laughs> there's a lot there's a lot of shade in in yeah. that uh, in that um, So Valbuena. Matthew Valbuena. French national team. Marseille. Played with Pogba, who played with Oh God. Andrea Pirlo, who played with the Abstam, who played with the Roy Keane, who played with the United. <laughs> there it is. Which, and that's a ridiculously, cir- ridiculously yeah, circuitous way around. Down. But that is the point of the game. We hope you enjoyed this feature. Let us know some of your suggestions. What we really want to know is can you find a player within the last couple of generations who does not link to Ian Hart? That's the real task. So take 10 minutes out of your day if you're listening to the podcast or comment on the video if you're watching on Facebook and get in touch and let us know. Mm. Thanks very much for watching. If you're on Facebook, continue listening listening if you're on the podcast get double the odds on first goal scorer with Ladbrooks that's right if you're winning first goal scorer scores in the opening 20 minutes of selected live matches then Ladbrooks will double the odds available in Ladbrooks shops nationwide 18 plus terms and conditions apply dunlouis.net okay so it is time for the Ladbrooks bet of the week now we've actually we've t- our records at the start of this, when we started doing it, was abysmal. Yeah. We were like not even relegation form; we were liquidation form for a while. But we've turned it around. We've had a couple. Gavin of Casey landed uh, a treble at like twelve to one last week. That's what we're looking. So the pressure's on. Yeah, pressure's on. And now pressure it wasn't pressure that I was willing to take on my no. shoulders. I d- and I know that you shirked the responsibility as well. well. I didn't know that I needed to do it. So uh, that responsibility has fallen to Gavin O'Callaghan, who is joining us today. It's we've an absolute re- pleasure. Yeah, uh, I well, did not realise there was a lot of pressure on my shoulders. <laughs> I just has, kind of had to pick a bet out and uh, we go with the flow. But um, go on, Gav. Go Gav, what do you have? Yeah, go for it. It's that time of year where you know a lot of teams don't have anything to play for anymore. So I was looking at the Premier League fixtures and I saw Swansea are away to Sunderland. Okay, Swansea okay. still have a lot to go for. They're mm-hmm. five to six. I mean, if you want to be a little bit more ambitious, maybe go Fernando Llorente to score first, five to one, Swansea to win. So I'm going to okay. go for that. Okay. So we've L- Laurenti not quite a twelve to one. Yeah. Laurenti no, first goal scorer. Yeah. We've, we've thrown in a lot of six, a lot of six to eights, and fucking whatever thirteens on this podcast yeah. before. So it depends how ambitious you want to be. There it is. Uh, we've replaced one Gavin with another Gavin. I, I mean, it is. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I feel ganged up on here. Everybody on <laughs> this podcast. Is now, this podcast. so there have been your, but I think the fifth contributing voice to this podcast. No, yeah. six have been Mark Farley, uh, <laughs> and half don't. of them are Gavin. Three Gavin. <laughs> and I suppose next week depends on how this bet goes. That is exactly. Oh yeah. Okay. Hopefully, oh, yeah. hopefully, so hopefully, hopefully David, David Kent Kent has him back. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes. Hopefully, we can be celebrating a success in that regard. Gavin, thanks very much for no the bet. Um, I will also mention at this stage, Labrooks are offering special odds in the following games over the next coming days. Leon versus Ajax. You can get Lacazette to score first at three to one. Leon are home in that. That is tasty. Leon to win by three or more goals is six to four. And then if you're watching United versus Celta Vigo, you can get Rashford to score first at four to one. And Rashford's probably going to be starting 
in that game. And so he's the only is, one that can score. He's the only one who's good at football at the moment. So uh, United to win three or more goals in the match is 7-4 to four as well. So if you think there'll be a few goals in that one, it's an interesting one. Then you've got West Brom versus Chelsea. You can get Costa to score first at 3-1. to one. Hazard to score and Chelsea to win at 2-1 to one is also enticing there. Chelsea looking to, as a lot of other teams around Europe, are close in on the title. Well, West Aberdeen, Brom will be very kind guests then. I reckon they will. As well, Tony Pulis, uh, he's not he's not into spoiling title parties. He gets his 40 points and then he cashes Well, he out. infamously was over Crystal Palace. Over yeah, the, the oh, three, that's you know, true. The Once yeah. he gets to 40 points, he's like... Yeah, know. that's it. He checks yeah. out. His job is done. And then finally, Aberdeen versus Celtic, if you're watching the Scottish football at the weekend. Uh, Celtic to win by four or more goals in the in the match is three to one. Celtic to win by two or more goals is seven to four. That might be a little bit harsh on Aberdeen. For Aberdeen. Uh, who've had a decent season. Um, uh, Leverick's, by the way, are offering double odds in the following games. If you're winning first goal scorer scores in the opening 20 minutes. Uh, Athletic, Atletico Real tonight. Uh, Man U against Vigo is written down here. Celtic Vigo yeah. on Thursday. West Brom, Chelsea Friday Man City, Leicester and Stoke Arsenal on Saturday West Ham, Liverpool and Spurs Man United on the Sunday Chelsea, Watford Chelsea playing again on Monday night and then Tuesday Man City against West Bromwich Albion There you go I should have put in a request for odds on what odds you can get Old Trafford to play the A-Team theme music in honour of Celta Vigo's (laughs) sensational scenes last week I've never seen fans so efficiently brought together Yeah, that was it That was because clearly it's something they do in Vigo and like they sing along to the tune but then the United fans are just like yeah A-team unreal and because it is like who doesn't love the A-team theme tune it's an absolute classic we'll move on to Pundit Watch at Ladbrokes if one team lets you down on your ACA of five teams or more you'll get your money back as a free bet up to 25 euro Ladbrokes online, mobile and in shop 18 plus terms and conditions apply dunlouis.net Pundit Watch hello welcome to Fletching Sav the best bits I still love that Pundit Watch uh, little sting we have there from Johnny. It's absolutely outstanding. But yeah, Pundit Watch, it was an extremely exciting weekend and last couple of days in the Pundit scene. Okay. Actually, the, I, I don't know why I said weekend. It's literally the last couple of days since the weekend. But um, aside from Neville and Carragher giving an example of exactly why MNF is, I just threw my pen across the room, is uh, the best show on television. We had a, a punditry debut from uh, from Dimitar Berbatov, okay. who, as I'm sure you're aware, has a very special place in my heart. So I was happy to see that. But um, which uh, Dimitar uh, Berbatov made his debut on uh, BT Sport. Amongst the interesting things he said, I was particularly happy to see his pronunciation of Danny Alves as Danny Alves. Oh, Danny you, can, you begin with the real, so he, the he gives it the proper. So that's okay. good from Berbatov straight away. And then I also like this on uh, Kylian Mbappe, which I think we have uh, now. Can Monaco keep these kind of players? Playing with the small crowds that they do in the French league. To be honest, what is the right answer here? How can you, what is the right thing to do with a player like this? Mm. Do you keep him? Do you sell him? Yeah. Mm. I mean, probably he have agent, father, family, who is going to say what is best for him, mm. give him advice. In the end, it's about him to decide. But, it probably is best to stay for another year, develop. He's going to play, yeah. if not every game, every other game. Of course, yeah. he's going to have time to shine even more. I think that's key. If he goes anywhere, he's got to play. It's no good him being on the bench and coming from the bench. and st- Nice bit of Glenn Hoddle there at the end. Just, oh, a, little, <laughs> just a little slice. We didn't want too much. Um, <laughs> although Hoddle, Hoddle's been interesting in recent weeks as well. He's definitely eased up on his you know, fear of upsetting people. So he's okay. kind of thrown some stuff around there that's been interesting, but we're not going to talk about I mean, Glenn Hoddle. Hoddle was never overly worried about upsetting minorities. No. I mean, <laughs> I mean well, there was um, that famous example. I, so I didn't top. see this uh, yeah. broadcast with Berbatov on BT Sport. Mm-hmm. Um, 
What was so great about him? Because like that was a relatively interesting. I will be point, totally I honest. To I will be it. totally honest. I'll be totally honest. Um, and this isn't just for it's me. Just the way we, that we, he says we've it. done a yeah. It's not what he says. The, the way, way he says it. It's <laughs> the way that he says it. But um, not only that, but also the way he wears a suit. Dimitar Berbatov lends himself to a suit extremely well, mm-hmm. and we did like we've done the reaction to Berbatov's uh, debut that's up on site now, and a lot of it is people going like. I can't, I'm not even listening to what he's saying. I'm just enjoying watching him say it. Yeah. And uh, there's even fans of other clubs being like, even though he played for United, uh, Berbatov's still like seriously classy individual. Um, so it, that, that's all great. But then when you have it, you've got to be able to talk about football as well. And usually when you see pros come on, they're extremely tentative and they kind of need to be, you, you, you've played with him. You can tell us something about it. Berbatov, not. Like, Danny Alves goes straight away. He's just like, that's how Paul Scholes used to do it. And then Rio Ferdinand goes like, yeah, yeah, you're right. So Berbatov, on the front foot, mm. exquisite, elegant mannerisms, very, very good pundit. So that the first review of Dimitar Berbatov's uh, yeah. debut on English TV is now, successful. I, I, I'm judging this from very small sample size. I feel that, you know, the Mbappe stuff is interesting, but, like, loads of people have said that. Yeah. I mean, I think I would have said that if BT no, wants to give me a one, job. Yeah. And... Um, there's a g- about 15% of all English TV punditry is just saying that's what Paul Scholes used to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And mainly all because right, so that's maybe there's loads of United and English players on. But um, yeah, Scholes, yeah, you can have your fancy dance Scholesy. Mm, Scholesy used to true. do better. So maybe no. it's just because Berbatov looks better, but that's fair enough. You well, know? No, I'm saying that's a large part of it. Yeah. But the other stuff, you know, there was interesting stuff that he said as well. So uh, Dimitar Berbatov gets the uh, thumbs up from me, maybe because he scored a hat-trick against Liverpool <laughs> and Old Trafford once. He doesn't from yourself, Gavin. The other one, um, the other major talking point in the pundit world this week was MNF because Gary Neville and Jamie Carragher absolutely smashed it. So does this Man United narrative that's been running from the whole Sarah, season. I would be careful by using that exact turn of phrase about pundits With MNF. On <laughs> In particular. <laughs> the real MNF. The real MNF. Um, you know Richard Keyes blocked me. Sure, he blocks literally everyone. Oh no, he doesn't block balls. Blocked my personal account about something I wrote. And I don't think it was massively uh, unfair no. to Richard Keyes. It's weird. Um, so, and I, I didn't add him or anything, so he had me search my name that is the least that's, well I that's think he searched best, his own that's name. the highest testament to my career I have yet he sur- surely he would have surely he would have searched his own name and spotted something you've said and gone well that guy's a prick yeah but he said it this criticism still it's seek me out acknowledged you yeah, <laughs> that, I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't hang my hat on that. <laughs> um, at the end of it all, <laughs> but no, MNF was excellent. Uh, Carragher and Neville. This kind of narrative that my United like are they improved this season? And, like it's it's refreshing to see you've got two sides of the argument there in mm. Carragher and Neville, and uh, and they both they disagreed, but they both had reasons behind their reasoning for the stance that they took on it, and it was all. I just really really enjoyed watching it, and there's no other show out there that gives you that. There's some really good football shows around, but none of them give you the a- level of analysis with the big iPads and the interactive stuff that uh, that MNF do. So we're going to play a clip from that now. First, when, in terms of goal scoring, is an absolute freak for Jose Mourinho. He's always been second or first when, in terms of goal scoring. Always been second or first in scoring goals. And if you say to yourself, well, against top six, his goals against the top six... He's always been second or first. One season he was fourth, 2006. But this season is the freak. This season is the freak. This is probably the worst team that Jose Mourinho's managed 
Oh, the worst performing team that Jose Mourinho's managed in this last 10, 15 years well, of his well, career. Well, you you okay, you, I think when they do feel like they can beat someone, they go for it. So he's always had one of the best sides. He's, he's managed all the top teams, so you'd expect him to, to score a lot of goals. Oh, in, Chelsea, in the game. Chelsea, you can argue with the top team when he came. Chelsea? You know, they weren't the top team when he came. You were one of the top teams. You were one of the top teams. I mean, yeah, the first time, they were second in the league. Yeah, but if you look, 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 look at this screen. Thing, you think, you're talking about when he gets these plays, what players are you talking about? He's got Paul Pogba, the most expensive player in the world. He's got Mikatari. We've just seen Pogba yeah, in, in the Liverpool science. game. Would you accept that 20. Well, would well, you accept he's got a squad of 24 and 20 of them are not his? Mourinho was talking about the league at the. I mean, he was talking about the no. league at the start of the season. So why would you then be taking these no. tactics into these no. games? Are you because saying, Gary? This season is not good enough in terms of league performance. Yeah, is expect... it because of them tactics? It's not good enough. No, I don't think it's because of the tactics at all. I don't think it's because of the tactics. Ultimately, they've not been good enough. No, because the, the games where they drop most points have been at home against the lesser teams: Bournemouth, Hull, Stoke, Burnley. West Brom. They've had about 25 shots in each of those games. The, not, the record in big games isn't good, you know? I know, but where they've dropped most points and where they've been disastrous has been at home. They've dropped 10, 12 points at home against stupid teams. But just looking at this again, I would say, at the moment, the back six, I don't know why they're so deep, those wide players. It, is it acceptable at Manchester United as a tactic? No. However... They're there because he wants No, no, hang on a second, hang on a second. At Chelsea, when he had a superior team, and I would expect, in 12 months' time, if we're still sat here, hopefully we are, that I would expect Manchester United's midfield to be there in big games away from home. I wouldn't expect them to be there. So and that's clarify, the difference. It's 15 yards yeah, further but, forward but, in the wide players. I know, but what we've just... You're talking about these players as if, like, he's bought Mkhitaryan. He's, he's, playing, he's playing at left-back. We've just seen the Real Madrid, Barcelona. He's got Di Maria and Ronaldo. You've chosen, in you've chosen a game against Barcelona. Barcelona... Well, you couldn't choose any hang on, game hang on, against hang on, Spain. Hang on, hang on. Barcelona, 2008 semi-final. I saw Rooney and Park playing in the back six for, two, for 180 minutes. Ronaldo was shoved up front because he wouldn't run back. Against Barcelona, you, you always change your tactics to, to, to suffer. He scored 100 goals, or whatever it was at, uh, at Real Madrid. My view on it is that, at the moment, it's overly defensive. I'm not sure why they are in a back six. He doesn't trust his defenders, probably. But in 12 months' time, he'll have to shift that back six. Those two have <clears> got to shift 15 yards further up the pitch. They've got to be able to counter-attack from a deep position. So yeah, so the main point is, is, is Gary Neville, he's defending Man United and he ha because he has to defend uh, Manchester United. But Why, I, because he used to play with them? No, because he knows the club better than someone like Jamie Redknapp in that position would. Jamie Carragher, sorry, okay. in that position would. So what he's doing, like the question is, should Man United expect this? Should Man United expect that? Should Man United play this way? Someone like Gary Neville is a good man to answer those questions. Haven't been associated with the club for yeah. I thought that his his point there about because there's a theory that oh you you can't play overly defensive with Man United. Mm -hmm. I think you probably can to be honest. I mean, yeah. if Mourinho did it with Real Madrid, he's going to do it at Man, Man United. And also Fergie did do it on occasion. That but was the thing, the, that the was the point it, yeah. that I was going to make is that it was really good to say Patrick Sung and Wayne Rooney played in front of me in yeah. European games to to stop Barcelona. Um, so no, I. I, I after you took that point, the thing the thing is, and the thing that Carragher was uh, pointing out as well is that Fergie picked his battles, whereas that's just how Jose Mourinho sets up away to a big team. His example, he used uh, Barcelona, he used Real Madrid at Barcelona, and like Di Maria was in the team playing mm. at fullback, which you know Carragher's criticism was initially that like why is Mkhitaryan playing left back? And it's because. This is what Jose Mourinho does and has done with a lot of success for a long time. You ask, like, Man United's performance against Arsenal was, I was absolutely raging watching mm. it, and there's no other way to say it. It was just so pathetic because there was the game, it was throwing the game, essentially. The, the attitude of the players to going behind 
everything about it, the way they set up, it was extremely difficult to watch. But it's going to be hard for Mourinho. And this is why I love Gary Neville's point so much, is that he needs at least another transfer window, probably two, before we start seeing a Man United team managed by Jose Mourinho and what that looks like. Mourinho, I think, has still done a good job of managing But in squad. terms of how that's going to look, is that just the same setup against Arsenal, but maybe Griezmann there or someone who might just nick a goal that they can defend? Possibly. I mean, it's like when you look back at any time Man United set up defensively under Ferguson, the, the example he used was Barcelona in the two legs. It was literally Ronaldo up top, do what you can, mate. Yeah. He missed a penalty in the first leg and then offered nothing in the second and we needed Skulls to pull one out of yeah, absolutely that's nowhere. That's what Skulls does, you know. Um, but it's interesting. Like Griezmann is a really interesting one and you know that's probably for another section of the podcast because like as great a player he is, is he going to just pop right into the lineup and convert the chances? Because Man United's season, at the end of the day, comes down to missed chances. In all of these games where the results have been dropped, like Man United should have gone in at halftime 1-0 up against Arsenal, but Wayne yeah. Rooney fluffed the, a gift of a goal from, uh, from holding at Arsenal. So like, and, and in the first half, United threatened, but like going back, Man United should be in a title race because they should have picked up the points at home to average sides. And this is what Gary Neville was arguing. He's like, the problem isn't these Arsenal games. Jose Mourinho will do what he has to do in those games. The problem is setting up against the Swansea's and the Burnley's at home, which is where United have found themselves in sixth place this season. Yeah, this and the problem is reason. that they just don't have enough goals in the team. Is yeah. that fair? I mean, it's painfully fair. When After okay. Ibrahimovic, the next top scorer is on 11, and that's yeah. Marcus Rashford. You know, it's, so basically, it's Mourinho will ultimately be judged on the forward that he brings in this summer and their goal record. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to argue against that. Like, United, like, the chances have been created, they're just not being converted. And in every time you see, like, er, earlier the narrative was, before he decided to start bullying Luke Shaw, mm. it was Man United's forwards that he was constantly cri- uh, criticising. After Mkhitaryan, even, he was saying, like, we're creating the chances. I, if I was a midfielder, I'd be very upset, is what he said at one point in the season. But it was a fantastic debate between... I feel, Karen sorry, just before we leave Mourinho, I feel that he need, he needs to rely on buying a striker like a young like even Zlatan or like a creation or mm. someone like Diego Costa who will or Hazard who's just good enough that on their own they'll score 25-30 yeah. goals in the season whereas like like Hazard made, I think it was Hazard made the point that he doesn't really coach attacking formations yeah. and he, d- he wouldn't really coach attacking moves he just it's kind of almost improvised I think that's what Wenger does as well so yeah. I think that's how they're slightly being left behind whereas uh, Conte drills a system it seems like a more holistic system that was designed to bring the best out of Hazard and bring the best out of Pedro and then Costa mm-hmm. would benefit from that as well Klopp definitely uh, coaches an attacking style of play he definitely doesn't coach defence yes. having watched them if try you put defend. them together oh um, my god Guardiola absolutely and then Pochettino is more front foot as well mm. so I think that they owing to their coaching methods and how they drill their attacks I think that Basically, you'll win the Premier League if you're the best in both boxes. Yeah. And Guardiola's making that fact. And I think that those other managers don't need the level of investment in a forward line that Mourinho does because their coaching abilities to to coach an attacking side yeah. offset that. Whereas with Mourinho can turn decent defenders. He can put that kid Callas in at Anfield and he'll drill them and they won't... Uh, I mean, look at Marcus Rojo. Look at Marcus Rojo. Marcus Rojo yeah, has gone from being the one player every Manchester United fan would like to see sold, uh, even ahead of Fellaini, yeah. to being first choice. Yeah. Like most, if, if you ask my United fans to pick their starting, ideal starting 11, it's Bailly and Rojo. Mm-hmm. Because the two of them are absolutely immense together. Maybe it's an insanity thing, yeah. like mixing well, I don't know. But it's a, yeah, it's a good point and it's well made. But that is all we've got time for on this week's 
episode of the Balls at E football show in association with Ladbrokes. Once again, huge thank you to them for sponsoring uh, the podcast and a huge thank you to you from for listening as well from myself and the two from the infinite Gavins here at Balls at E. <laughs> uh, we would like to say thanks for listening and we'll catch you for the next one. Ha 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 ha